0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Will the 49ers roster be better in 2023? Stay tuned because me and Sunil, we're going to be talking about every single one of the 49ers free agents that they signed and some of the implications of some of those deals. Big time talk coming after this. Let's go get him! Let's go get him! Let's go! Hey,
0: Dominic on three, one, two, three, Dominic!
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It's been a minute because I've had a power outage the last few days. Have not been able to talk on free agency in a stream. Sunil, how you doing, man? Uh oh!
0: He says the there host. You muted me, bro. I didn't. You didn't you. want to hear. That muted you. You it, didn't want to hear me talk. That's just the kind of host you are. A
1: video, bro. <laughs> the video automatically mutes you. But no, nah, man um Nah.
0: everything everything's beautiful man i was watching your intro video which always gets me pumped and you know we are in free agency we are in you know players are getting traded all that kind of stuff all the main characters in your intro video are still 49ers so you don't have to change anything there
1: yeah man i don't gotta i don't gotta go figure out a new intro that's good but hey we're talking free agency we're talking all of this and the 49ers they've made some moves as I get the backdrop back. But the 49ers have made some big moves. You know, when you talk about it, the number one thing, the number one move they made that some people were surprised by, Javon Hargrave, a four-year, $84 million deal, a major move for the defensive line. The 49ers were interested in Hargrave and Duran Payne. Payne obviously gets tagged by the Commanders. Hargrave is the number one free agent on the defensive line market available. The 49ers, with their cap situation, nab him. What were your initial thoughts to the move, and how do you feel about it now?
0: Um, Initial thoughts was, man, Marco knows what he's talking about, right? Because Marco was the person that, you know, I think most 49er fans or analysts or content creators like us understood that interior defensive line was going to be a need for the 49ers. Um, Deron Payne was was a guy that I was excited about once he got franchised. Obviously, that took him out of the out of the running. But Javon Hargrave was was obviously there. I didn't personally think the 49ers could get him. I'm, I'm very close to... My best friend is a, a diehard Eagles fan. And in his mind, there was no way the Eagles were going to let Javon Hargrave go. Um, they are, are much like the 49ers, where the trenches are what's most important to them. So he felt like they would do whatever it took to re-sign Hargrave. So the fact that Hargrave was signed... By the 49ers and so quickly rohan was really what surprised me i think it's a fantastic move obviously we we've talked thoroughly about how important it is to get uh bosa some help armstead some help especially there at the interior it seems like they do the 49ers have always done a pretty decent job finding edge people that could you know produce and you know get that six to eight sacks per game regardless of you know their their cachet or or, 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 you know, you don't need to invest too much to get those type of guys, but that interior had been something that they, since DJ Jones hasn't really been able to find that Hargrave is better than DJ Jones. Hargrave is an upgrade over anything that the 49ers have had. And probably, I mean, other than DeForest Buckner, really, like we're talking about that caliber of player. Uh, I think it's a home run hit and it's exciting. Um, it's exciting to see that they got it. And uh, before, I, I I know you have some thoughts on this, but the, the biggest one of the bigger takeaways from it was Hargrave had opportunities, right? There was other teams that were offering him more money, but he decided to go with the 49ers, even though it wasn't the most lucrative offer. But once again, a feather in the cap to Shanahan and this organization for creating an environment where top top-end talent is wanting to go to versus having to necessarily maybe overpay talent to get there. So I think that – I think it's beautiful all the way around, and I think he's going to fit very, very well with Armstead and Bosa um, this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I was pretty vocal in February about my thoughts. I thought the 49ers should go after defensive tackle. I thought they should go after Javon Hargrave. He was my number two guy behind Deron Payne. And it really, after seeing the Deron Payne contract, I'm not paying that for Deron Payne. All respect to Deron Payne. I'm very happy that he got his contract. That's, in my opinion, a little bit of an overpay for who Deron Payne actually is. It's more so betting on the upside at age 25. To me, this new deal for Javon Hargrave, I love this deal. The 49ers, they get a strong defensive tackle, and now you have a core trio of Ark Armstead, J- uh, Javon Hargrave, and Nick Bosa, who you're going to have for the next few years, really the next two years. Uh, the important part is the next two years. That's where this championship window comes in, and that's where I'm really interested. Next year is the biggest year for the 49ers because guess what? You're paying Nick Bosa a good amount of money. You're going to pay Hargrave about $15.5 million, and then you're going to pay Ark Armstead 20. 28 million dollars. I don't know if the 49ers are going to have all three on the uh on the uh on the roster because I don't know if they're going to be able to to, to keep all three. And so this is why I said Ark Armstead, he could be moved. I've been hinting at it, he could be moved next offseason, be it via cut or trade, likely or trade. But uh, an option that I've thought about and I've I've really looked at financially, I think an extension. Could be in the works for Ark Armstead over the next three to four years, a cheaper extension with the money uh in this next year kind of being pushed back to where you might average 15 million a year for the next three to four years and keeping him here in San Francisco throughout the duration of his career. Now is it going to hurt in the back end of that deal? Absolutely, because thirty six year old Ark Armstead, you don't necessarily expect him to have the same production as he does now. But I could see the 49ers certainly doing that as well. And so I wouldn't be surprised. But specifically on Javon Hargrave, he's a guy. Who what did what, what what do we say, Sunil, about what we wanted from the defensive lineman? Three down players. That was my number one priority going into the offseason. Why? Because when you saw what 2019 did in 2022 in terms of the defensive lines, 2019 was better. The 49ers obviously couldn't have D Ford because of his injury history, and they had to move to Force Buckner because of how the salary cap was at that situation and Buckner's demands, but now they have three strong 3 down defensive linemen. That allows you for when the big moments come to have players that you can depend on who have been created in those big moments. And that's where I'm happy for the 49ers that they signed Javon Hargrave because he's a guy that that's able to do it. I like the contract. I honestly think the contract is structured pretty well in that you only have 6 million this year, 15 point by next year. It's a 2-year deal, but likely the 49ers can get out essentially after 3 it they could get out of after two it's a very very uh interestingly structured deal could let's see what the 49ers do but i really like this contract and i really like the The 49ers. yeah i
0: mean all around it seems like a home run from all aspects of the deal and another feather in the cap um you know it weakens uh nfc rival right i, I think that most people believe the eagles and the 49ers are the cream of the crop at the NFC. I believe that's going to be a budding rivalry. Obviously the fan base has got into it this off season. And I think we'll continue to move forward as long as the Eagles, um, because they're a well-run organization as well. So anytime you get a chance to weaken a rival and and get better all at the same time, like you said, the money doesn't, isn't overwhelming um, the way that they structured it. So overall home run great way to start out free agency, obviously getting, you know, and I think Hargrave was probably on some on some big boards was the number one free agent, you know, yeah, out there. So, exactly. you know, for, you know, at least a top five free agent for the 49ers to be able to go get that player um, that fills a need and instantly makes your team better. You know, I'm sure uh, Kosarek is licking his chops to get that type of talent on his defensive line because he's been making much less talented people a lot of money. Off season after offseason it's good that they finally got him a premium talent player that make his life a little bit easier as well
1: yeah no I agree and I mean I mean it's it's a very interesting uh like combination you're now going to have Kacerik who's been able to get so much out of his players and Javon Hargrave talking specifically about scheme though I think this is an interesting move why because the 49ers like we said They've struggled some, not necessarily struggled, but the interior was an area of need. But this also provides them some more opportunities because they like the inside-outside flexibility. Guess what? You have three really good run defenders now. Nick Bosa is a very good run defender. Armstead is, and uh, Javon Hargrave. If they have the trust in a player like Kalia Davis or have the trust in maybe a Cleveland Farrell or one of those guys who they believe can be a solid run defender on the interior, what can they do? They can flex Ark Armstead outside on rundowns, move him back inside as a pass rusher on passing downs, and that capitalizes on Drake Jackson's value as an edge rusher because he can you can rush him off the edge. And really it's tough because who are you going to double team? You've got three really good players, and then you've got Drake Jackson, a guy who hopefully can develop into a uh into a better or more premier pass rusher. So I think the 49ers, you know, they they create more flexibility just in the opposite way. A lot of people talk about that inside or sorry the outside to inside but this way in a way you also have the inside to outside understanding that Hargrave can man down on the interior and you can utilize a guy like Kalia Davis to create the best four uh at rush uh run defending duo so or tr- run defending like trio quadruple whatever you call it
0: yeah I mean and that that's if you believe the 49ers are done with the defensive line I don't particularly think that they're done I think there's a player out there that they're waiting for it to make a decision. And I think that'll probably situate the four. Um, that'll be the starter. So that's just what birdies Birdies are telling me. Um, so it'd be interesting to see that. Do you believe that the 49ers are done with their with their signings on the defensive line as far as a top-end starter?
1: Now, if you don't know who Sunil's talking about, it's Yannick Ngakwe. The 49ers are interested in Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, I don't think that that's necessarily a secret, but... I don't know if the 49ers are going to land Yannick Ngakwe. I think after you saw what they uh, what they where they pivoted with the Cleveland feral signing, I think the 49ers have a different way that they're going to approach their edge rusher kind of group because right now they have a pretty complete group you talk about their starting four but they also re-signed Kevin Givens a guy who they trust can be a very solid contributor on the defensive line they've uh alongside Kevin Givens you have Kalia Davis um I I talked about Drake Jackson but they also signed Cleveland Farrell I think that while they might not be done I don't think Ngakwe is out of the cards. I don't I don't think that. I think that there are certain players that are still available that could be in the cards because this is such a deep edge class. I specifically talked about how I was very confident the 49ers were going to sign at least one edge player in such a deep class at a value because understanding that when there's such a deep class, the market just decreases because players aren't going to necessarily find the same amount of homes as if there was a minimal class and there's more interest in every player. And so to me, I do think the 49ers aren't done. I just don't know if it's going to be the N'Gakwe base signing. However, for those asking, can they get it done? Absolutely. The 49ers still have enough cap space to where they can sign Yannick N'Gakwe understanding the way that they structure deals. I think that Yannick N'Gakwe can be done. It's just, can they find a way to agree on compensation with the number one edge rusher right now on the market. That is going to be tough. Understanding Ngakwe himself, I believe, is only 27, likely wants a three-year deal. It's tougher to structure three-year deals compared to two-year deals with guarantees because you can backload on the third and the fourth year in a four-year deal. And so it's not necessarily as much money up front in the first two years, whereas in a three-year deal, you can't backload as much in that third year. And so it does keep you a little more accountable in the first two years. And remember what I said, With Javon Hargrave, right now that second year in these deals, that's the most confusing, the most complex year because the 49ers are going to pay Nick Bosa, Ark Armstead, and now even Javon Hargrave upwards of $15 likely in, in that year. So it is tough for the 49ers to maneuver through it. I don't think that it's out of the cards, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pivot and go elsewhere. Still, I don't think they're done with the free agent market. Whether it's bringing a guy like Jordan Willis back or signing another... Uh, another player on that caliber I still think the 49ers are going to make another move at the position
0: yeah I know you're like bursting my bubble right now but I personally believe that it's it's not going to be a huge splash like Hargrave I think that was like a huge splash but I do think that a bigger name is going to come in and you know just from what I'm seeing and then what I'm hearing uh in the background of what the 49ers are have been doing and some players that they've been in on that they didn't eventually get because of um you know different re- reasons I, I just think that they're putting it seems a little bit different from other free agencies Rohan. And what I mean by that is like the 49ers have always been kind of uh build a team through depth type of mentality um, and then really rely on their their drafting and developing of guys to come in and 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 fill in some of the the starting type roles. With some of the moves that they've made this off season, for some for some of the players that they were in on that they ultimately couldn't get, it seems like they're putting a little bit more premium on 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 bringing in day one starters, like veterans that could actually uh, elevate the level of talent, makes me think that they understand, okay, Trey and Purdy, whichever one is gonna be the starter, they have two years before they have to start paying those guys, you know, big quarterback money. Let's go all in on these next two years and really try to get one of these super one of these years a Super Bowl out of it. Seems like that mentality is shifting. So I do think that they're they're looking for another premium talent to bring on the defensive line, um, just based off of, you know, what they were quote unquote willing to spend if you know, those other guys decided to come on board with the 49ers.
1: Yeah, I I can see what you mean. I will push back a little bit. I do think that the mentality of – not uh, going after some of the bigger name guys. I st- I think that's been there in the past. I, I'm not going to fault the organization because they have signed some bigger name guys. While it might not be the most popular guys to the fan base, I think that they've gone and done that in several free agencies. Weston Richburg, I believe, in 2018 or 19, that free agency that was a top center on the market. But what I mean,
0: true. but what I mean, Rohan, is multiple in the same free agency oh. market because before they usually get. I'm I, I'm with you. Last year, Charvarius Ward, they've gone out and gotten that guy that they wanted and spend money on one. But this year, and you know, you, you probably know better than me this year, they were in on a few like Mm -hmm. multiple different positions and already put contracts out. So if those guys said, yes, we would have two or three big name guys that came in on free agency, which I haven't seen under the Shanahan Lynch uh, free agency market. So the fact that that seems like a little bit of a shift to me feels a little bit more urgency that maybe we have seen in the past.
1: And just as a teaser for this, wait till the midway part of the show guys, because there is a certain position group we're going to be talking about where I do have some thoughts and it's not necessarily your favorite thoughts on the 49ers, but it does provide some insight. And so wait till the wait, we'll wait till a part of the show that we talk about that certain position group. You'll understand when we get there, but going back to Hargrave, I, I think I can understand what you mean. And I think it's uh, because of a variety of ways. One, the 49ers understand that they can create a good amount of cap space this off season. While it might not be the way that teams want it, they have flexibility because guess they can restructure Fred Warner's deal, which they've done. They can restructure Trevarius Ward's deal, which they've done. They can extend Christian McCaffrey, which they haven't done, which will create cap space on top of that. Should they want to, Arc Armstead, George Kittle, and Trent Williams are all there for the taking. So the 49ers could create up to $60 in cap space if they want. Now, are they going to do that? I don't think so, but they understand that all cards are on the table, and I think that with that mentality, understanding that you only literally, not literally, but you only legitimately in this current window with the team you have right now, likely have two more years of this championship window before you have to pivot at one position or another with one of your star players or one of your quarterbacks In your championship window. So understanding that you want to capitalize within this two-year window, I can see why the 49ers might be pushing forward more and more, especially understanding how close they are. And while they get stronger, the NFC is getting weaker. Aaron Rodgers is gone which means another star quarterback's out of the division. The Eagles have gotten significantly worse this offseason when you see the amount of players that they want. That's why they went all in last offseason. I thought they built that team perfectly, understanding how to utilize uh, uh, your your cap space with with, with a rookie at quarterback. I think they're still building right by getting comp picks when Jalen Hurts' extension kicks in. I think they're building it very well, but you understand that You've got to make sacrifices, and that's what they're doing this offseason. The 49ers are in a really good spot right now to where if they really can put a roster around whoever quarterback plays, they can win the NFC. That That's why they're a top two favorite, if not a top favorite, to win the NFC this year uh, because of how their roster is constructed. And, I mean, they, they added a guy like Javon Hargrave, and so it, it is making their team better for sure. While I don't know necessarily if the team overall has gotten better at this moment, I don't, I'm not going to close it out on the team that they aren't going to get better or they could be, could be better in 2023. We have to wait and see how the entire roster goes along. But going back to the topic at hand, Hargrave, I think it's a good signing. I actually really like the contract. It's really, really interestingly structured. And again, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty solid contract. I wonder if it's more of a two or a three-year deal. I'm envisioning it's more of a three-year deal, but I do expect to see i'm I'm very curious to see how do the 49ers maneuver those salaries next year obviously if you win a ring it doesn't necessarily matter but i think next year is the huge part because of how much money is kind of piling up to where they might have to make some tough moves regarding fan favorites like ark armstead maybe even debo samuel players like those yeah but let's move on to an interesting signing uh 49ers signed sam darnold a quarterback making, I think the base is four and a half million on a one-year deal, but it, he he can make up to eleven million with playtime incentives and playoff incentives this year. Up to eleven million. That is more than Jacoby Brissett, who can make up to I think eight million. More than Baker Mayfield. Those two guys are going to compete for starting jobs. Sam Darnold is not. It seems like at the moment. What did you initially think about this signing? And then we'll get into the implications of it later on. Um,
0: so you said base of 4 million, when I looked at the numbers and this was from yesterday, I know there's some quarterbacks that got signed today that may have changed that, but as far as guaranteed money, uh, the only quarterback that was guaranteed less money, um, total in total guarantees than Sam Darnold was Nick Mullins. So I I don't want to over, you know, oversell the, the amount of money that, Sam Darnold is there now. As far as the incentives going up to eleven million, I know this has created a lot, a huge narrative uh, amongst the faithful that somehow this is a indication of what Shanahan feels about Trey Lance. Some one of these quarterbacks is getting moved because look, we we don't deserve nice things. We're always going to talk about whatever whatever happens. To me, this deal makes a lot of sense for everybody. And why what I mean by that is. Look, the 49ers went to their fourth string quarterback last season. So if, you know, having three quality quarterbacks on a roster um, is important. And where some people might think this is some kind of indication or uh, some kind of, uh, you know, indication of what people feel about Trey Lance. To me, this is a safety net because we don't know what the deal is with Brock Purdy, right? Obviously there's a timeline that uh, hopefully he'll be ready by some time in, you know, the beginning of the season. But that means you're going into the season without a quality backup quarterback. We don't have that issue now that we have Sam Darnold. It is a one-year deal, and it's a deal that's primarily based on him getting paid if if the 49ers need to utilize him. If the 49ers don't need to utilize him, he's getting paid like a regular, you know, backup quarterback, which I think even though Ultimately, he will probably be the third string quarterback and not be suiting up week after week. Once Brock Purdy gets healthy, you had to kind of pay that money to get a quality person to play the role that we need for that. Because it, it, it is a tricky situation where guys know that the 49ers do have two quarterbacks that they're that, that they believe in.
1: Oh no, it looks like Sunil's frozen, but when you talk about the quarterbacks and you talk about how it's going, Sunil, what's he's essentially saying? Safety net. You talk about Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. At the moment, none of these guys are uh, really, none of these guys are guarantees at the moment, right? Trey Lance, you don't know. And I like this question here. Is there too much focus on Sam's guarantee since Brock isn't being paid much? I'm gonna go with yes, and here's why. I'm gonna break this entire thing down in several aspects. When you talk about um, when you talk about Sam Darnold's guarantees, Sam Darnold's guarantees are if he plays, it, this is in a way very similar to Jimmy Garoppolo's contract from a year ago. It's just much cheaper than Jimmy Garoppolo's deal. I think that that's important to note uh, because Garoppolo, I think could get up to 16 million. Darnold's getting up to 11 million. What does this mean? The 49ers don't expect Sam Darnold to hit the field. Otherwise, those uh they they're expecting him to pay they're expecting to pay him 11 million this year. They don't expect Sam Darnold to hit the field in, in my in in my opinion. However, they are hedging their bets on Brock Purdy's health and how Trey Lance plays. I don't think that this is an indictment on either quarterback. I think like Sunil said, this is insurance. Why? The 49ers were going to carry three quarterbacks on the roster regardless in 2023. John Lynch made that clear. We've talked about it. Why were they going to do that? Because when you understand what the 49ers have, they've got a quarterback coming uh, coming off a, a fractured ankle who is now only going to see reps once again. He is He's a question mark. There's a lot of promise around it, but he's an absolute question mark at this point in his NFL career. You have another quarterback in Brock Purdy, who we don't know is going when he's going to step back on the field. The inclination right now is that he's going to be ready only week one, and then you've got to practice with the team and all of that. He's only going to be ready by week one, which likely means he will not be ready in time to start. And if there are any complications with Brock Purdy, guess what? You don't have a backup quarterback heading into week one. Sam Darnold provides that and the 49ers, they want quality backup quarterbacks. I mean, that's something that we've seen when they re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo, when they just signed Sam Darnold, when they had Brock Purdy, they, they value the backup quarterback at the moment more than other teams, just because of how their quarterbacks have gotten injured. It's a way to have insurance for your quarterbacks. And I think right now this deal, essentially what you're hoping for is that you're paying Sam Darnold, $4 million to back Trey Lance up to have insurance. That's, that's essentially how this deal is played out in terms of, his likely-to-be-earned incentives or the per-game active bonus, that inc- that's involved in this $3.9 million cap hit. But the extra $7 million in incentives, you're not expecting him to hit that. I think that there is a too much focus. The, the the guaranteed money is $3.5 million. I don't think that that's significantly much. I don't think that $3.5 million is something that you should be too, too confused about. But when you talk overall about Sam Darnold's deal, I think this is more so they want an established option that can push Trey Lance in training camp and in the offseason, understanding the questions around him, but also serve as a potential backup should uh, Brock Purdy not be ready week one. And if he is ready, and if you understand that Trey Lance isn't your guy, you have another option who you are more, uh, who, who you believe is capable. And for Sam Darnold, to me, this was the question. Why did Sam Darnold choose to come here? I've, I was fine with this deal for the 49ers. I think the 49ers have the better end of the stick. Why did Sam Darnold choose to not take another option like Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett where he could potentially start elsewhere? To me, that's the even bigger question because Sam Darnold elected to come here understanding that he might be quarterback number three. Uh, Of course, I think that there was a chance that he was given the guarantee that he could compete for the backup job, which by all means, I think is totally fine. I think there should be a competition, regardless of how you feel about Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. I think there should be a competition. I think it's only going to bolster the quarterback room. But when you talk about Sam Darnold himself, I think more so it's in benefit to him to – Uh, to learn under Kyle Shanahan for a year to get the competition for the backup job in hopes that you can continue to be a backup or a borderline starter next year. I think this deal makes a lot more sense for the 49ers, but I can understand why Sam Darnold chose to sign here. And I think that there is too much focus on Darnold's guarantees itself. I think, like Sunil said initially, this is more so insurance and also the understanding that you have a capable option if something goes wrong, which unfortunately for the 49ers has in the past few seasons.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm sorry about that. I had some uh, internet issues. But um, to piggyback off of what you're saying, I think Sam Darnold coming here is the easier answer to, to answer, to be honest. If you look at Sam Darnold's tenure in the, in, the, in the league, he played for a lousy Jets team. He played for a lousy Carolina team. And both of those situations have been a lot of turmoil coaching changes, um, very little stability, um, a lot of pressure, a lot of uh, just, you know, in inopportune kind of unopportune situations for a young quarterback that's trying to find his way in the league. Obviously, Sam Darnold hasn't put up the numbers. Uh, He's drafted really high third round draft pick um, and hasn't been part of the winning culture in quite some time since his time at USC, probably. So for me I look at Sam Darnold choosing probably having maybe other options where he would be guaranteed more playing time, uh, possibly be able to like even fight for maybe a starting type position or at least you know uh, even maybe make some more money. But I don't know if there's a there was another situation that's quite like the 49ers where he's going to be part of a great culture, a winning culture and stability, right? So I think that's what, why he chose the 49ers. He knows kyle shanahan is going to be the coach from here for a very long time he knows that the culture of the organization is um top notch at this point he knows he's going to be part of a good team and even if he doesn't necessarily get the playing time that he 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 may have gotten at other places i think to build his confidence to build his um to build his reputation back up this is a great position and we saw this very recently right? Rohan and Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky was number one draft pick, played for the Bears, very like, you know, constant chaos over there, decided to take, you know, go to the Buffalo Bills, even though he knew there was going to be no chance for him to start over Josh Allen. And that ended up getting him a starting position with the Steelers um, the next season. So I think that's probably the trajectory that Sam Darnold's looking at. Like, hey, whatever I get out of this 49ers culture, it'll help me build confidence in, within myself. If I do get showcased and, you know, are able to um, rejuvenate my uh, reputation, it, it could set me up for my next 10 years of an NFL career type of situation.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when when we talk about the 49ers uh, in, in general, I think that this is a it's an interesting tobacco. I think a lot of people try to make a lot more of it, but I think you have to follow the timeline. Brock Purdy is not going to play in... In the offseason, he's not. He won't be there in OTAs. It's unlikely at the moment, given when he had his surgery, that he'll play in training camp. What happens in the offseason? Uh, you need normally at least three quarterbacks to throw. You need – because they normally play through three different teams. I was there at training camp. Remember, there was uh, – Trey Lance, uh, Nate Sudfeld, and Brock Purdy there last year. Sometimes teams have four. You automatically need another quarterback. Now, the 49ers case is different because they understand they might need a backup quarterback going into the year. Sam Darnold provides us that. And like I said earlier, there are unknowns with the 49ers quarterback situation. I think this is a Sam Darnold choosing to bet on himself. He understands his situation, and he's choosing to bet on himself understanding that if the rewards are there he's going to reap and he's going to he's going to make more money if he ends up just like Jimmy Garoppolo if he ends up playing he's going to make more money and I think that's going to be big to me I think that that's the that's the important part he's betting on himself he was told he likely can earn the not likely but he can earn the quarterback two job if he wins the competition I don't think that there's an issue with that Trey Lance you don't know what he's going to you, you don't know what's going to happen there. He definitely comes in as quarterback number one, given his time with the team and also his draft position, but you don't know what's going to happen there. So it's a it's a it's a hedge on if Lance doesn't work out. However, you don't know also what Brock Purdy, you don't know what happens with Brock Purdy. And I think the 49ers, they're choosing to play that risk out by paying Sam Darnold three and a half million in guaranteed money, which is fine for a backup quarterback. They're paying him three and a half million in guaranteed money to understand that they have a solution if. All of their problems fizzle out. This to me is an insurance bet with the understanding that Sam Darnold, if he plays better than Trey Lance can earn the quarterback two job.
0: And once again, a very unique situation where because the 49ers top two quarterbacks are both still on rookie scale contracts, you can't afford to invest a little bit more in a third string quarterback because They're still one of the cheapest quarterback rooms in the league at
1: this point. Oh, by far. I mean, when you look at that quarterback room, right? Uh, I talked about Baker Mayfield uh, and uh, Jacoby Brissett. You add up their quarterback room totals. It's similar to the 49ers, and those two are, you know, they might be starters in general. I mean, the 49ers, they're going to pay around $13 for their quarterbacks this year. That's not much. In, in for three quarterbacks, three starting caliber quarterbacks, because I'm pretty sure the 49ers do feel high about uh Sam Darnold. I mean, they've gone after they've wanted to go after him before. They tried to trade for him. I think they even offered a first round pick at some point for him as well. They've gone after Sam Darnold. So they're getting three three quarterbacks that they like for thirteen million dollars. I think that you'd take that bet understanding how important the position is and how important it is to build on a rookie contract. Absolutely. This is a, a nice topic because Case49 says, do you talk about Oliver yet? Isaiah Oliver is actually our very next topic. So uh, thank you. Great for segue. Up.
0: Great segue, Case. Isaiah Oliver,
1: <laughs> one-year deal from the Atlanta Falcons, a former second-round pick. It's time in the nickel, time outside. What do you think about? Yeah, so this is another kind
0: of pick with a low, I guess, downside, low, a low risk, but could be a very, very high reward. And the reason for that is Isaiah Oliver came into the league very promising, uh, obviously a second-round draft pick. Unfortunately, injuries have kind of derailed his ability to maybe show his full potential. He has shown some extremely bright flashes. I think he had a game against Arizona Cardinals where he balled out um, you know, as the nickel for the Falcons in that game. He obviously has an interception against the 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G throwing him a, thrown him a, a ball. So he, he's gotten a pick there. So I would say, you know, if you look at his stats, it doesn't necessarily look extremely appealing. Like he hasn't necessarily performed over the length of his tenure. in the- What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and
1: tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
0: Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: That fell so far. However, his upside is extremely, extremely good. Um, I think it brings in competition at a position of need for the 49ers, right? We have to be honest. Jimmy Ward was playing mostly nickel for the 49ers last season and he's no longer here obviously he took a deal um, with the with the Texans so Womack is there you bring in Oliver as well so now both of them uh, both of them could compete for that slot uh, nickel type corner position and and it gives you kind of some depth there now where we didn't have that going into this uh, going into this free agency with obviously Jimmy Ward uh, not on the roster so to me this was a a, a great under the radar type pick i'm sure most people don't know too much about oliver like i said uh, but this is a guy who can turn into a huge fan favorite for the 49ers and could end up being a guy who you know could be an integral part of this of this defense if he's able to reach his full potential and 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 show some consistency in uh, how he plays the game week in and week out
1: I agree. I mean, Isaiah Oliver, when you talk about it, he immediately slots in as a true competitive to play nickel. Oliver, not the best start to his career, but he was a developmental guy and he was a guy who a lot of people were high on coming out of that 2018 draft uh, alongside Jair Alexander at the top corner in that class. And so Oliver, he, he's been a high praise guy, a guy who hasn't necessarily put it all together yet. Um, but the last two years he transitioned from outside to the nickel. And so he's, he's, played some good time outside and he's played some good time in the nickel and he's been better in the nickel uh over the last two years i mean the statistics over the last two years i i I don't know it depends on what you see and statistics don't always tell the big story especially with cornerbacks right but oliver has been a pretty solid guy but the most important part he fills the 49ers identity because he is a good run defending cornerback the 49ers love good run-defending cornerbacks. Why? Because in their gap-filling scheme, they require their cornerbacks to play an integral role on the outside. Traverius Ward was one of the best run-defending cornerbacks when he was signed to the 49ers last offseason. Diamond Lenore is a bigger cornerback playing, not in the nickel, but he plays outside, and he, he was pretty good outside, and he he's a guy who can embody a nickel cornerback with the run-defending scheme, but also can play outside. And now, with Oliver there, you've got three pretty solid run-defending cornerbacks. I think Oliver does compete with Samuel Womack day one for the nickelback job. I think that those are the two favorites right now. Wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers draft another cornerback. That's a position where people aren't looking necessarily as high as. Why? Because, I mean, you've got, uh, you lost Mosley, but you have your top two starters. But understand that the 49ers are going to likely roster five or six cornerbacks. I'd assume five is my bet. I think they go the same strategy as last year in rostering five corners and five safeties on the opening day roster. Uh, on the 53-man roster, that is. And right now, I think there there were, only, there were only three guarantees prior to Oliver signing. I thought Ward was a guarantee. I thought Lenord was a guarantee. And Womack was a guarantee. Now you have Oliver, who's going to be a guarantee. I don't think Gambry Thomas is a guarantee. I think the 49ers will look to draft another cornerback, have that cornerback compete with Thomas for the fifth spot on the roster, and they roll with those five. But right now, you've got guys who have... Good nickel and outside flexibility. The 49ers have struggled with injuries at times in the cornerback room. Ward has gone out of games at times, even uh, facing injuries. And now you've got Lenore who can play outside. You've got Oliver who can play outside and in the nickel, both of them. And then Womack, we saw him play outside at times last year and in the nickel. I think that that's a value the 49ers have. He's a pretty solid player. And I think that he can really reach the potential with this with this defense and under Steve Wilkes, which should put him in a, a better situation
0: yeah and I, I think that the five corners was a little bit uh kind of like a mask because i really think they had more corners that they brought on the roster because obviously jimmy ward played more corner than he did play safety and also they had um they had Jason Barrett that was stashed, right? So I,
1: but I, he didn't count towards the fifth. Oh, he, he I didn't get what count, you mean. but they yeah. had him.
0: You know what I mean? So like, yeah. so for me, I think that they'll actually go into the season probably with six corners because, okay. um, because even though
1: I guess, even though Ward I guess was, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. I do guess what. Uh, actually, you go first, and then I'll go. Uh, I'll say what I say.
0: Well, what I'm saying is, I think that that position of actually playing corner is going to be a little more important than safety uh for because some of those safeties were actually corners is what i was saying um go ahead finish your point and then i'll I'll
1: go on i was just going to say i agree with you in that sense in that when i say five corners i think the 49ers are going to value the safety position with nickel flexibility because quantrez knight is a guy who i know the organization is fairly high on and he's going to be a guy who can compete for that fifth safety spot when you talk about the safeties right now you've got Hufanga who's going to be there. You've got Gibson and Odom, who's going to be there. Those are three. I think they look to draft another guy to potentially be the future replacement for Gibson, who would be four. And then I think Hawkins, and I think uh, Taylor Hawkins, that is, and then Quantrez Knight would compete with Knight, I think, having the edge at the moment. For the fifth spot, Knight providing that... That, that flexibility they could also look to draft a guy with that flexibility as well so I definitely see what you mean for sure
0: yeah so I agree with you I think that secondary is going to be drafted this draft and I think it's going to be a constant trend for the 49ers I think they they pick a corner they've shown a propensity to pick a corner in every single draft I mean uh, a couple years ago they in the Ambry Thomas they picked two corners like right? Thomas and yeah I think even last year they picked two corners but uh Tariq Castro Fields just didn't make the roster right? So. Um, so yeah I think that they definitely pick a corner if not two corners but I think they bring six man I think that uh, there was a little more they had three bona fide starters last year right when they had Charverius Ward they had Emmanuel Mosley and then they had the Lenore they don't have that necessarily going into this season so I do think they're going to need like a little more depth there so there's possibly I mean there's still some free agents on the market a guy like greedy Williams. Maybe he's somebody who has a, a tie to uh, Steve Wilks from, you know, the the, the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland days. days. Yeah. So maybe he's somebody who, you know, still out there. Maybe they could bring him on a one year kind of uh, minimum type contract or they, they go into the draft because look, with all, all this cornerback room is extremely young. Right. Mooney Ward and Oliver are both 26 years old. Everybody else is like 22, 23 years old. Um, Diamondo Lenore and and Ward are the only two bona fide starters on there. If either of those get injured, now we're we're question marks, you know what I mean? We have mm-hmm. potential, but nobody there that you could just bona fide and be like, okay, we're good. And especially with how important corners are now, uh, with the type of receivers that the talent that all teams have, I think that the 49ers definitely are not done there. I agree with you. It's going to be through the draft, but I would like to see maybe, you know, if they, I know, I I felt, I guess what I'm trying to say is I felt a lot more confident going into last year with the corners that we had than I do with this year. Um, Even with some of the moves that we made, you know, and, you know, Jason Verrett obviously didn't pan out, but, you know, we don't have that kind of third option right now. And that's what I think the 49ers still need to find.
1: I think that's fair, but I also do think that when you compare the group right now to the end of the year at corner last year, remember, uh, I mean, Jimmy Ward was better than I I think what the nickel would be, but I I think that the drop-off isn't as steep understanding that Mosley was on an ACL tear and Verrett didn't play. Now, would I like Mosley back? I Think so. I think the 49ers could have afforded that deal, but I think I, I don't mind the decision to go elsewhere, understanding that Mosley likely leaves next year and understanding you know he'll get more money as a CB1 in Detroit next year. I think that that's going to be interesting. As Breniel Jacobs here says, Creedy Williams to the Eagles wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I don't, uh, but talking about the cornerback the position while Sunil checks on that, um, I, I do think that they go out and draft one. I think it's honestly. A, not necessarily a priority, but I think the team should tr- look to draft a corner every year. I think that I think that with the, with the way that the position is going, I think it'd be smart to draft a corner every year. I liked the pick of um, uh, Tariq Castro Fields last year. I thought that that was a valuable pick. I thought the 49ers could have gotten something there, and he, he looked to be better than some of the guys on the roster. Obviously, they ended up cutting him um, at the end of the year, but I think that if they look to draft another corner, I think that they could find a guy who they like Remember, because it's not just it's not just playing corner. It's special teams. It's the versatility and things like that. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. But um, so
0: greedy Williams yeah. just signed with the Eagles, so yeah, yeah. That's off the books.
1: <laughs> there it is. He's out. But um, I mean, I I don't envision they signing uh, them signing another corner. I do think that it'll be in free agency unless it's one of those one year veteran minimum deals that they can end yeah. up cutting. Well, um,
0: I think yeah. they're going to need some depth there. Even if a guy like maybe Dante Johnson, if they bring him, you know, he's always yeah. out there and ready. That that would be a guy that would, you know, give give a little more support, but right now, you know, who who after let's say Lenore gets injured early in the season, you know, who are you What
1: they'll do is likely slide Oliver or womack to the outside and then play the other in the nickel then. Sure,
0: but what I'm saying is like how confident are we in Oh, that, how you confident? I mean? Yes. Yeah, so, right.
1: And this is uh go ahead.
0: That's all I'm saying is I think that the the depth there at the cornerback is is a little light from previous years. So definitely hopefully you know this might actually I think when now that I'm thinking about it possibly corner has moved up as far as the level of importance on their draft board, right? We all think right tackle and safety have always been kind of where we thought, but corner might be right up there, too. And if you're going best player available, corner could be the first pick off the board. If there's a guy that they like that's there at 99, um, they might they might go corner with their first pick.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they selected Thomas in the third round. They like, uh, I mean, the compensatory picks are there. We'll see. We'll definitely see. But I do want to get to this position. It's a position where the 49ers made a re-signing, but it's an interesting position center. The 49ers, after... Um, a lot of free agency talk ended up resigning Jake Brendel, four year, $20 million deal, uh, two year, uh, or the $8 million guaranteed. So when you boil down the contract, essentially a two year deal worth $8 million. What do you think about this?
0: Yeah. So this is obviously one of the biggest question marks going into the offseason is what were we going to do at center, right? And we were kind of looking for what the indication from the team was. I think you've been probably the biggest advocate for um, Zaquiel as far as the 49ers developing him to be the center of the future. And, you know, I guess we were going to say, hey, if they don't go in and, and make a splash center signing, that possibly that's an indication that they full-fledged believed that Zaquiel was ready to, to be the starter week one. And then you started hearing these rumblings that, the 49ers are actually looking to upgrade at that center position by going after maybe some of the bigger names that were on the free agency market. Uh, but overall, it, it looked as if um, the common trend with the centers was they went with familiarity over money. Every single center, it seemed like, signed with their original team, um, and including Jake Brendel. Right? There was a lot of teams that were interested in Brendel. And he ended up going back to what was comfortable for him in the 49ers. As far as do I like this? I mean, I don't think Brendel is the long-term solution by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think we could have done worse. You know what I mean? We know what he's capable of. Uh, the, the, the I think the continuity of bringing back 80% of your offensive line, there's something to be said for that. If you aren't going to upgrade, you know, continuity obviously can play a role in that. And the reality is last year's offensive line group for as much as they're criticized by the fan base, they were a top 10 offensive line last year. Now, we obviously would want him to get better. Um, but, you know, maybe getting better isn't going to necessarily be from big strides from a guy like Brendel, but it might be for big strides from a guy like Burford and, a, and another leap from Banks. Right. So. Overall, is it something that I was like jumping up and down, excited? Hey, we got Brendel. Um, not necessarily, but for me, it did. I did take a little sigh of relief that at least there's somebody that I know is competent there. Maybe not the best, but definitely not the worst, and somebody that I know could be uh, the center of a top ten offensive line group.
1: Yeah, I mean, when when I talked about the center position, like you said, I've been uh, I've been an advocate of Nick Sakel. But I've also said that it's important that it's integral in this center class that the 49ers should go out and get a center because the way that you figure out if Nick Zakel is your guy is you sign a guy and have them compete with Zakel. And if Zakel can beat out that person, you know Zakel is a pretty solid player. If not, then you have a capable option while continuing to develop Nick Zakel to where he might be the guy in two to three years. Uh, maybe not two to three years, but one to two years, he might be your guy and you can have him. That's the way that I approached this off season. Now, Jake Brendel was there, but there were three other names there, top of the line market guys. And initially I was, I was hesitant because I thought this, the center market was going to explode. Um, reports came out that these top centers on the market could get eight to 11 million annually. And that's a little too expensive for the players on the market, in my opinion, including Brendel. I thought if Brendel got eight million, you let him walk, but the market wasn't there. The top center on the board was Bradley, or I mean, in terms of money, was Bradley Bozeman. He got six million a year. Garrett Bradbury got five point, I think it was 5.25 million a year. And uh Ethan Pochich got six million a year. I am disappointed. I'll be honest. I am disappointed the 49ers didn't land one of those three guys. I think Pochich was a kind of a guarantee to get re-signed, so I'm not as mad there. But Bozeman has center guard flexibility, has played in the Raven system under and is a pretty solid zone blocker while Garrett Bradbury was the best of the bunch and you paid you paid Jake Brendel 250,000 less a year and you kept Jake Brendel over Bradley uh, Garrett Bradbury who's younger and who's a better player I'm disappointed in the 49ers. I'll be honest. I thought that they should have gotten an upgrade at center. And is it going to hurt them as much in the long run? Not necessarily, but does it clear does it improve their chances as a Super Bowl? Yes, at a position that is one of the most important positions in Kyle Shanahan's uh in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I thought that they had the prime opportunity to upgrade and they failed. I think that they they failed in that situation. And that's probably my biggest gripe with the 49ers in free agency thus far. Not being able to get Garrett Bradbury, who was a guy who who I believe was on their radar not being able to get him for a price not that much more expensive than Jake Brendel.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, you know, for me, like I said, it seemed like all all the centers went back to what they were familiar with um there wasn't really a center that that moved teams necessarily did you and i I might be wrong on that but i think like most of the centers just re-signed with their original team so when it comes to those type of situations it's always tough to to be honest i mean there is like if if they do believe in Zakil, right they think that he's possibly ready this year or for sure can be the guy of the future next year i could see them feeling like hey let's not overpay for a guy and then completely kind of lose sight of who we have here but then unless you have a like a perennial pro bowler right so like you look at what the eagles are doing right now they kelsey came back right he's like the best center in the league even though they have cam Jurgens there who probably probably is going to play guard this year for them so yeah, probably could be, you know, a starting center okay. on most the teams, right? So, so I think when you have the level of talent like that, then it's like a no brainer. But is Bradbury going to be an All Pro level center? He's better than Brendel, but is he worth? is he worth throwing away the growth of zakil that's kind of the 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 question i don't know that answer you might be right maybe that would have been worth it for that but if they do see upside in zakil you have a a young kid that's under that's on a rookie contract especially where you know money is going to start now the 49ers are going to have to start thinking dollar signs more because they're going to have to pay a quarterback here pretty soon maybe this is a a move for future cap flexibility versus, you know, hey, let's just upgrade a, a position marginally where we might have to pay, where we might have to get into some financial situations for doing that. I think, I think that's debatable whether or not that's the way to look at it.
1: I think I understand what you're saying. To me, though, the number one goal for the 49ers should be getting that Super Bowl. And if it's for a marginally, just a little bit more expensive cost to get a better player, I think that they should hedge their bets and go ahead and get that player – Especially because it was a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars like uh, in- increase in Garrett Bradbury's contract for a player who's younger and better. So, but they it wouldn't
0: it wouldn't have been two hundred and fifty to get him, obviously.
1: You, I, I think you, if you throw, I mean, I I wouldn't mind throwing six million at him, uh, six million a year. If you give him the contract that Bozeman got, three eighteen, I wouldn't mind. I, I wouldn't have minded that at all. I thought. Do you, got, th-
0: do you think they didn't offer that?
1: I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly what they offered and what they didn't. Because from what I, I heard, they offered
0: know. they offered all these guys contracts. They did, so they but it, end, they I don't know if the they end. offered
1: as much. And yeah. that's where I'm disappointed where I thought that they should have they made the match and gotten the deal done. Mm-hmm. But that's the center talk. 49ers have Jake Brendel back. He's likely going to be their starting center. But like I said, Nick Sakel, he's a guy who... We can see uh, who we can see the development of this offseason. And if the 49ers truly believe that they have their guy. But one of the underrated signings, uh, the one from yesterday, Cleon uh, Farrell, a guy from the Raiders, remember, Arden Key, who was a guy from before. Now they got Cleon Farrell, a reclamation project of sorts, a guy who was a fourth overall pick, went pretty, pretty high. And so to me, I think that uh, this is an interesting deal. What do you think about this one year deal for the 49ers?
0: Yeah, Cleveland Farrell was, you know, stands out to me because I really remember that draft that he got picked because it was the first draft of
1: I was so shocked.
0: Yeah, it was it was the first draft of um Ah, I'm, I'm forgetting the, the coach's name. Uh who
1: You're was, Gruden Mayock. Gruden, there it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously Gruden and May- Gruden got the ten-year deal with the with the Raiders, and you know this was like his first draft, and they had just uh, you know traded away Khalil Mack and all this kind of stuff, right? So there's a lot going on over there. And with the first pick, fourth overall, they picked this Cle- Cleland Farrell, who nobody had going that high. And I, I remember the big thing that he mentioned about him was, this is a leader in the locker room the re one of the main reasons why he drafted him is not only his ability on the field but also the character uh, of pharaoh so to me i think that's something that's extremely important right this is a good guy a good locker room guy high character type of person obviously hasn't panned out um definitely didn't play like a fourth overall pick he was a starter his first two years and then you know the last two years wasn't a starter on that team um so Obviously, there's always upside when you have a guy who is, you know, worth worthy of, of a, a top five draft pick. But this is gonna this is a reclamation project. Let's not let's not um, get it twisted, right? This isn't a guy who's gonna come in day one and and light the world on fire. This isn't somebody that you are looking in and slotting in as a a, a future starter right away he's coming to a team he's coming to the 49ers because there's two positions on the 49ers where you know if you go through the 49ers boot camp in two years you'll you'll be able to get paid and that's anywhere on the defensive line and if you're the defensive coordinator for the 49ers those are the two positions that you come here and you will go make a bag um if you get through the 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 boot camp of the 49ers and i think this is going to be that like he does have intent he does have you know upside that that hopefully kosher can tap into but he's raw man and there's a lot about him to like but there's also a lot of work that needs to be done there so very much so a low risk high you know you know high upside hopefully it works out i think he's a good guy i think the fans will will like him um but you know he he has to put in some work and 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 you know Learn. He's at the right place if he wants to learn. I think he has the best defensive line coach in the game, and also with the talent of Bosa, Armstead, and now Hargrove. There, you know, if he doesn't succeed, it's all on him at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's fair. And I mean, when you talk about Cleveland Farrell, I think he's uh, he's an interesting player because he's another, like I said, another one of the reclamation type projects. But he's a player who does have high upside. Not high, but good enough upside to where the 49ers, I can understand why they make this move. And he's another guy, inside-outside flexibility, reminds me a little bit of a Jordan Willis. And I think the 49ers uh, understand what they have in him, and he's another good rotational player. I think he uh, that that's kind of uh, what they're what they're looking for a a solid rotational player that they might sign one more or two more of those guys and complete their rotation for 2022. I think that you know they've got a, a good amount of solid interior defensive linemen or they've got a good amount of depth in that Javon Hargrave, Ark Armstead, uh, Javon Kinlaw likely remains with the team. He's there, Kalia Davis is there, and then they also have Kevin Givens, who they just resigned. They've got five interior defensive linemen. On the outside, though, when you talk about it, Nick Bosa, Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell is the third guy now, and so I'd expect another edge rusher. Jordan Willis could be that guy itself to create nine uh, potential guys that could play on game day, and then they could sign some extra guys, obviously, for, uh, what do you talk about it, Uh, what they, for... um, Uh, for for additional depth for competition in training camp. So to me, that's where I'm looking at. Don't mind this move at all. I I don't think that it really has low upside for the 49ers. I I think it's a low-risk, medium-reward type of move. And he could definitely get a contract elsewhere next year.
0: I have two questions for you. Do you think we have time? Let's do it. All right, cool. So my first question is, do you think that the 49ers bring in any more players that could compete for starting jobs or is it all depth after today?
1: Uh Immediately off the top of my head, I think Ngakwe is a, he, he's a uh, potential guy who they could bring in as a, what do you call it? As a starter. A starter. Uh-huh. I think he's, he's a guy who, you know, you, you might see uh be brought in. I mean, w- if you go down the roster quarterback, I don't think they bring in a starter running back. They're set wide receiver, not a starter. Um, uh, tight end uh, they'll, they'll they'll bring in a probably a, a second stringer in a what do you call it they'll bring in a second stringer in the uh in the draft but i don't think that they sign another guy maybe they signed a like a backup guy but i think their second stringer will come via the draft um offensive line they could bring in a starter at right tackle a medium priced billy turner type of player uh or uh one of those type of guys uh gre Fetty, uh maybe george Fant one of those type of players they could bring in. I could see right tackle potentially, but I think that they also trust Colton McKivitz and might be better off trying to draft a guy, the future guy, and having them compete with McKevitt. So I'd say potentially I think Ngakwe might be uh, the best bet at the moment, but I'm not exactly sure. I don't think so. Doesn't seem Yeah, good. I agree
0: with you. I think Ngakwe is probably the only player I see – or if Zadarius Smith you know ends up being cut he's another guy that I think the 49ers might be interested in that uh-huh. would come in and, and be a day one starter um outside of that I uh I do think it's gonna just be one year kind of depth type pieces one name though that's interesting man and I don't know why I keep having these thoughts that Tom Compton is going to come back to the 49ers for whatever reason but anyways that's another that's another oh, uh, story good. for another day um my my main question and let's get juicy now. A lot of talk about teams making phone calls to the 49ers um, about Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I know, I think one of the, the, the teams that were mentioned were the Giants. I don't know if they're still in because it seems like they, they signed a couple of wide receivers and free agency, but I think the Patriots have been interested. Like, so there's some teams that are interested. Let's say that, uh, let's say that, the talk is somehow you get a first-round pick for that. We do know that a big, big uh, need for the 49ers moving forward is right tackle. Um, there are some guys that it, uh, probably you could get in the middle to late first round. Mm-hmm. That would be day one starters. That would probably upgrade over even a Colt McKivitz at this point. So my question to you is one. Would you make a trade for Brandon Ayuk? If so, what would be that package that you would trade for?
1: Would I make the trade? Absolutely not. If I'm the 49ers, I don't think it happens. I don't think it's realistic. Um, I think any move regarding Brandon Ayuk is only likelier, like uh, earliest going to happen in the, in next offseason. The 49ers don't extend players after their third year. They extend them after their fourth year with one year left, which is the fifth year option, which will likely be picked up for Brandon Ayuk before they discuss the extension itself. I think that they have a plan that they're going to go through. Do I think Brandon Ayuk is, uh, it's likelier that he gets extended or traded? I think it's extension. I think that he's the guy, he's the receiver that they want to keep the most. Between him and Debo Samuel, I think he's the more valuable option that they'd want to keep at receiver. I don't think he'd be too, too expensive. I think he could honestly see a deal similar to Debo Samuel's, um, albeit maybe with a, a couple of low guarantees. So I, I don't I, I don't think that Ayuk uh, is out of the realm in terms of being traded, but I don't think that that's realistic. And I think especially not this year. I think teams will offer um I think you could see, you know, a a trade like Marquise Brown's where you might get a pick in the teens, right, for Brennan Ayuk. And if so, I'd say probably around a first and a third would be um, the the package that um, teams might uh, fixate upon, a first and a third potential. I don't think a first and a second happens, but I think a first and a third makes sense for Ayuk. And I mean, if you, if you make that trade, you can take receiver or you can take an offensive tackle in round one with the options that are going to be presented. I just don't think that that's realistic. I think the 49ers keep Ayuk, especially for this season, and then uh, D, uh, figure out their, their move next off season. with the likeliest option right now being extension.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is my favorite player on the team, like even more than Debo, I'm a big Brandon Ayuk fan. I think that He's uh, I think he's the best pure receiver that the 49ers have. And I also think that the way that he blocks is phenomenal for what I believe is our wide receiver one. So uh, to me, you don't get rid of a guy like that. I I personally think eventually there's going to be a decision between Debo and Ayuk. And I think the answer is Ayuk over Debo. That would be my opinion. But it is interesting to you know, I think that if you do get like a top 15 first rounder, if that's in the mix, you have to think about it because ultimately like you said uh rohan the goal is to win a super bowl and i do think that when you look at which position seems to be easier to replace it's definitely wide receiver over offensive line so no. if there is like a a guy that's a you know, not necessarily generational talent, because I don't know if there's any generational offensive linemen in this year's draft, but there are guys that I think could be like potential starters for the next decade and or guys that could definitely be an upgrade over who we have right now. Mm-hmm. Four Niners aren't going to be close to the first round probably anytime soon, you know, or high first round anytime soon, right? Because I do expect this team to be in the playoffs and be competing for a Super Bowl year after year. So, it's just something to think about. I wouldn't do it. I'm like you. I wouldn't do it at all. Even if you do get, like, a, a top 15 pick, I think Brandon Ayuk is the future, and hopefully he retires a 49er. But, but yeah, it's just interesting that it's out there. Like, I think, obviously, the league understands how good Brandon Ayuk is as well.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with that. Definitely agree with that. That's all I got for you, my man. Hey, I mean, it's a fun <laughs> show. It's a fun show. We hit all the free agents that we signed. Talked about some of the re signings as well, all the major ones, the talk behind it, and some Brandon Ayuk talk. Any last thoughts, Neil?
0: One last question. Go for it. Who has been the outside, even outside? So we'll extend this past just the 49er talk, just straight NFL talk. The one move that stood out to you, for whatever reason, it stood out to you. What is the biggest move so far this free agency? I got
1: to think about this one. I want you to go first. I got to think about this one.
0: Um, I, Mine is the move that is made but not made quite yet. I think, obvi- I think it's Rodgers. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the fact that there is at least some kind of conclusion to that. Obviously, you know, we have ties to the Jets with Robert Sala. I think most 49er faithful, are, you know, still love him. And the fact that he's going to be able to get a Hall of Fame type quarterback I think is is extremely exciting especially with the type of roster they have over there I mean I would love to see the Jets be competitive uh so uh yeah I mean that was the biggest move to me
1: I think okay I'll give one for free agency because one really popped in my mind last night and that was uh Orlando Brown to the Bengals I thought that that was a really good move by the Bengals just getting a left tackle and he went for cheaper than I thought I thought he was overrated Uh, when people put him in the Trent Williams discussion trying to get that money. But he got 16 a year. He got a good deal for himself. It was front-loaded, and it was cheaper than expected. Bengals get a guy who can protect Joe Burrow's blindside, which is the most integral part, and they become, once again, a true contender in the AFC. I think that that was a really cool move. As for the trade, uh, the Jalen Ramsey one was very interesting, the third-rounder and uh, Hunter Long for Jalen Ramsey. Great move by the Dolphins. They get their guy, and so I think that that was a uh, that was a nice move.
0: Yeah, and uh, case forty nine brings up Waller to the Giants was out of nowhere as well. Like that was yeah. that was interesting. What do you think of um, dra- drama around Jimmy right now? So I don't know if he you know. His Jim-
1: physical. I I mean, if I'm I'm giving my honest thought, I think he failed his physical.
0: That's interesting. I don't I, don't, I didn't even know he like. Oh, obviously we knew he was going in with the injury, but. There was no talks that that was going to uh, affect him, but that's yeah.
1: interesting. I, I, I don't know. In terms of failed, I think they flagged something in this physical probably. But it's I, I thought that was super interesting because um their social media team has been posting about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I went back and looked after he didn't have his press conference. The social media team posted like four or five times about Jimmy Garoppolo. And then obviously they, they haven't announced it, but they've clearly shown that Jimmy Garoppolo has been in the building. He's talked with the coaches and all that. And so it's interesting. So yeah. I, I wonder what, what happens. But uh I, I he might have failed his physical. We'll see.
0: We shall, man. It is gonna be interesting and exciting. Even <sighs> even though they're not 49ers, there's still a lot of excitement. Even when they leave the building, there's still drama about them. 49ers run this league.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh that's that's just how the team is, that's how Jimmy is, and uh we'll see what happens there later this week.
0: I love it, brother. Well, appreciate always being on your show, man. Um, hopefully we could do it again next week.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, I mean, it was a really fun show. We got to talk about it a lot. Appreciate your time and everybody in the chat. Appreciate you guys uh adding to the discourse, giving your guys, uh, your guys' thoughts and questions. Always appreciate you guys. Sneel, thank you so much. And we will be back very soon with some more content.